Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Welcome to the first proper episode of 2020, and coming up, we've got all of your usual running complaints, the bullshit running news, and the official Running Is Bullshit advice for new runners. Hey. You know, who's better to ask advice from than us because we're oh, absolutely. so professional. <laughs> There's loads of these new runners about now because it's January and they're all have they're all giving it a go. And I think good for them. I know we take the piss, but, you know, good for them for yeah. getting out, giving it a go. Uh, hopefully they stick with it. It's a tough time of year to start running. But, um, it is. That's the not? thing about, you know, starting as a New Year's resolution is running in January. Shit, I'm not surprised people start and then stop again. If you're going to want a good crack at it, start in the spring. <laughs> would be my advice don't get ahead of the advice amy okay, okay don't advise too early we need to we need to draw people in and trick okay. them into listening to the whole thing because then we can like sell them other stuff on the way uh, that's that's how you do podcasting is I that how it works okay. i read an article a few years ago oh, okay. yeah okay i'll bear that in mind <laughs> yeah more importantly than all of that is i met finley hey oh he's such a good boy he, he is an okay boy <laughs> <laughs> you have the official puppy update yes what has he shat in recently um, well, he was, we had another Poomageddon the other evening. Did I mention Poomageddon yeah. on the last podcast where he uh, walked maybe. poo all over his crate and it was yeah. a disaster. So another 3am bath and I thought I can't do this anymore. So um, I got rid of him. No, I didn't really. Um, I, I've rearranged his sleeping arrangements. So, cause his mm. crate was too big and he didn't like being in a small crate in the lounge on his own. So, um, what I've done is I've created, like I've bought him a bed and I've put it next to our bed, and then I've, um, our being me and my partner, not me and Stuart, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I've put, and I've like um, created a barrier so he can't, so all he's got is like his bed space, so it's enough space to turn around and sleep, but he won't poo in it because it's too small. Um, so instead of pooing and walking everywhere, he wakes me up in the night to go for a poo in a week. And he goes to sleep a lot quicker because he's like right next to me. So he's not scared Aww. or anything. So there we go. That's the Finley update. And also, I did notice some people complaining about him barking on the last last podcast. And can I just say, fuck off? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't say anything about my dog. Yeah, he, that's his contribution. Leave him alone. He's a baby. <laughs> you come at the dog. You come at Amy. Yeah, exactly. Don't be messing with him. He's, he's my child. <laughs> <laughs> such a good but well i was happy just to, i don't have to clean up his shit so i don't care but i just went i just came around and played with him and that was that was wonderful you know what he ate we took him out the other day for because he can walk now because he's had all his um injections and he ate a chicken bone and oh. <laughs> one of the first things he did was eat this chicken bone i'm running after amazing him. Finley, stop 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 because he's running around with his mouth and as soon as i get close to him he just swallows it whole oh. um so we're looking online and it said oh if he hasn't pooed it out within 72 hours and you to go to the vet i'm thinking not only do i not want to go to the vet because i don't want him to be unwell it's really bloody expensive so i don't want to be going to the vet um yeah. so we've been looking in his poo every time for this bloody chicken bone and i just say oh. it got right up to the 72 hour mark and he pooed it out so he's oh, a very good, good boy. boy yeah every time oh. i'm picking up his poo and carefully looking see if there's a chicken what bone a glamorous there. life you lead i know i know that's my life now rummaging through dog shit a <laughs> <laughs> uh, little quick tea update for the next bit i'm drinking tea pigs winter spiced red tea and it's very nice thank you fantastic well i'm not drinking any tea today not even a what? water i know i'm parched <coughs> i'm not surprised you poor thing <laughs> so is finley your excuse for not doing any running again oh, have you been looking at my strava i had a little cheeky look <laughs> 
Well, I did say what I think I said. I can't remember what I've said on previous podcasts, but I think I said on the last podcast that starting in the new year, I'd be starting running again. It was a fresh start. And you know what? I got up at 5am with the dog on the 1st of January. I was like, yeah, today's the day. We're going we're gonna to get on with it. We're going to start running again. It's all going to be fine. It didn't feel too good. And uh, I ended up with the most horrendous cold from the 1st of January for like, I'm only just over it now. And it was like a big like sinus thing. And my face just hurt. And I was taking Lemsip and nothing was working. So I was, and you know, this, this podcast has turned into Amy's health issues, but I've just had Amy's really, running excuses. Yeah. Amy's running excuses, which tend, and I've just had like really bad luck because as frequent listeners will recall, I had food poisoning. Um, yeah. a few episodes ago was the Food Poisoning Saga. Yeah, and just before that, I don't know where I mentioned it on the podcast, but I had another cold because, yeah, I just had another cold. And then I had a really bad, like, sinus thing. I was thinking, just take me out the back and shoot me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just get Finley in. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, me yeah. and him will do the podcast, that'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, exactly. He'd be, he's probably runs more than I do. So, um, yeah, today, this week's excuse is that I had a weird sinus infection type thing. Um, so that's why I didn't run. And that's cool. it. And also because I've been, and you know what, it doesn't help when you're not getting a proper night's sleep because you're having to take a dog out for a shit at 1am and 3am. That doesn't help when you're trying to get over a cold, you know? It's, it's not just, ideal, you know, no. I'm not an expert, but I, I'm, yeah. I presume that's not great. Yeah. Uh, how about you? How has your, how has your 2020 been thus far? I'm doing pretty well. I'm still going to the gym a couple of times a week. I've done, I'm starting to do my long runs. I'm starting to get a bit more consistent and uh, increasing. I, I am literally, I am literally building up my mileage because I am actually doing it. I'm not just saying it and then not doing it. I'm literally doing it. You're missing out a uh, step got, there then. <laughs> you got to talk about it for a bit, not do it and then eventually do it. I'm not doing it properly. Um, But I did a park run this morning, which I, you know, I explain to you what that is later, Amy, don't worry. Okay. Um, But only doing one in a week is really hard. After I did six in 15 days, because you get the Christmas Day one, the New Year's Day double, you get so many park runs, and then you're like, oh, one a week? Oh, that's crap. That's God, my idea of Come a on, park run. Yeah, come on, park run. Sort it out. God, <laughs> oh, one a week. People are like saying, oh, you're going to go to the Christmas Day park run. I'm like, mate, I don't go on an all Saturday. Why would I go on Christmas Day? <laughs> it's the best one. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't okay, want to be not, running a 5K. I'm not running a 5K Ever. on yeah, Christmas Day. Like, a Christmas Day run is fine. Me, and my, I didn't do it this year, but me, at my own pace, nice little jaunt. If I'm in a park run, that's going to be a horrible 5K. I just can't control myself, so. No. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Oh, and also my fun, uh, my back hole is not a hole anymore. It's a scar now. Uh, that got reinfected. So I've had antibiotics for that. And I had a blood test in case I've got diabetes. So, hey, terrific. Oh, that could be some fun news coming up. Why would you have diabetes? Apparently just... skin infections are quite common if you have it. And my dad has it, oh. uh, which we thought was a complication of something else. But maybe, you never know. So, mm. you know, I had a blood test. So that was good. What I liked about the blood test, what I liked about it, um, they ha- you couldn't eat for 12 hours before. So I, I couldn't eat anything after like 9pm the night before. But I'm like, oh my God, I can't eat anything. I'm not going to have any breakfast. I need to eat as much as I can, <laughs> which is probably not the right approach. Because the last thing I ate just before nine o'clock was a massive piece of Christmas cake. Mm, that that's good for your blood sugar levels <laughs> yeah my blood cinnamon levels might be through the roof <laughs> so I, I haven't had an emergency phone call yet so i assume it's probably fine hopefully yeah yikes would hey that be... but you know that that'll be some great content though come on <laughs> would that be type one or type two i don't 
I don't know. I'll look into it later. Yeah, if it happens, you can look into it then and find out what you need I can, to do. I can start an Instagram account called Stu's Running Diabetes Journey. It'll be brilliant. <laughs> it's what it's all about. Of course. That, that's why I got the dog, which was the Instagram. You know? Yeah, of course. <laughs> On the dog's Instagram, like the first day it's set up, you already followed 900 accounts. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play the game. Go, go, play the game. Liking or going through, just liking just thousands of pictures of fucking corgis. Just like, 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 like. Other people's like. shit corgis. Yeah, shit, ugly corgis. Shit, fat, ugly corgis. <laughs> so they look at your gorgeous one. My oh, beautiful boy. <laughs> Well, our other big thing for 2020 has started pretty well, but people have actually gone for the Patreon thing. Who'd have thought? Hey. So we've got some shout outs to do now. Thanks, Amy, for your A. It's always, hey. always appreciated. Amy's default um, <laughs> way of approving of anything. So the people that have given us $1 a month is Angela Foster-Swales, Harry Bryant, John Welch, M. Jones, Matt Garner, Richard Skirm, Steph Hall, Francis Noding, and Liz Reese. Thank you very much, everyone. Cheers, guys. You cheapskates. What's wrong with $5? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's lovely. Um, for those who aren't complete cheapskates and went for the $5 a month option, you get an extra special shout out we're giving you two adjectives each so that's like two pound fifty per adjective i think that's i mean that's a bargain that's a bargain so we've got the enigmatic and sexy jay uh the glamorous and wonderful nikki genders who is my mum so she has to give us five dollars a month at least yeah thanks for the support the beautiful and streetwise rob smith Thank you to all of those. Those that have bought a buff as well. People have been buying the buffs. It's a new way to do it. Do it through Patreon. Uh, give us $12 and then downgrade or cancel. Uh, Jonathan Carter, Hugh Phillips and Matt Caffin have done just that. And they're all very wonderful people. And we thank them for their support. We'd love to see you in the buff. Please send us a picture. We absolutely want to see you in the buff. If you head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit, you can see the ways that you can help support this podcast. And that's where you can also buy the multifunctional net tube or advertise whatever you like to our listeners within reason. Now, Amy, um, on the something I forgot to talk about in the last episode, something that really kind of I, I think I just saw it just after we recorded, actually, um, we had the lads from behind the medal on last year in December, and I've just seen their most recent guest they had on their podcast was ed sheeran literally fucking ed sheeran for some reason one of the biggest singers in the world was on their podcast i mean i don't they do a fantastic podcast but how did they pull that off <laughs> well i think they well one i think it's uh, dean just knows him and has known him for years and years before yeah. he was famous so that helps amy do you know anyone that's like a world famous uh, singer actor anything like that no that we can pull in but we mm. could, I think we, I know someone who can do very good impressions, so... Hey, that, that's good. We can trick people into that. That's fine. Yeah. Are we, are we sure that's not what happened on their podcast? Are we sure it was Ed Sheeran? Is there any confirmation of this? Uh, I think there was a photo. Photoshop. Probably, Did you yeah. zoom right in on the pixels to see? If I know, it, I should have done, yeah. I can see by the pixels. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know, good for them. That's not bad for their, their little podcast. It's, it's all right, I guess. No big deal, Ed Sheeran, who? You know, I don't know. He's, he's, he's quite big, isn't he, I guess? It's not bad for someone from Suffolk. Ugh. <laughs> anyway, we've had some tweets. And Emma H at Emma H 866 
She says, I was planning on restarting my running tomorrow following a broken foot and an increase in my asthma causing me problems in 2019. Then I fell today and I've done my knee in. Great start. You can see the imprint, the walkway made through my jeans. And that's quite an impressive kind of a propeller shaped <laughs> bruise on her knee there. I, think, I guess it was one of those like hexagonal pavements and yeah. she's hit right in the middle of the like three of those corners and got a wonderful kind of a three lines on the bottom of her knee then good work it's oddly satisfying seeing that that was you know, nice. more in a million chance of it hitting directly in that spot that's nice yeah and i'm not sure if it's the photo but the, i'm not sure the rest of her leg is bruised or that's just some dodgy light or her she's got a serious liver problem <laughs> oh dear that could be the next thing that stops emma from running oh no <laughs> this is how she finds out yeah oh god it's worse ways <laughs> Emma McRae at Emma McRae MM. Last day of 2019. Oh, wait, sorry. This is Emma McRae. Uh, Amy, you have to do the New Zealand accent. That's the rule. Oh, no. Here we go. Okay. Last day of 2019 bullshit. Planning your longest run in a while to finish at a favourite cafe. That's going into a bit... It's going a bit cockney now. Um, (laughs) Planning your longest run in a while to finish at a favourite cafe only to find it closed. Hashtag running is bullshit. Hashtag coffee is awesome. That was all over uh, the we'll, place. I am so sorry. We'll do a poll next week. <laughs> Whose uh, New Zealand accent was worse, Amy's or mine? I don't really n- know the difference between Australian and New Zealand either, which I know people from that place in the world will yeah, kill I'm me for. Because I know that. there is a difference, but I can barely do sort of standard Australian, let alone... No, you really can't. Exactly. Exactly. So trying to get that into New Zealand is not going to happen. <laughs> Emma, we're so sorry. At Sparkly Ange, uh, she wanted to flex a little by following up from last time. She said, listening to your last, latest episode, I'm the crazy person who ran Cardiff Half with a torn glute. Don't do that. Some uh, preview of our advice. I'm back running, slow, short distances, but still have issues. I'm ramping up the strength training and have deadlifted 90 kilos so far, which is apparently the equivalent of Daniel Craig. Uh, I looked that up. It's also the weight of a mountain goat or two chimps. That's really, that's fantastic. And I mean, it's a hell of a video. She The video, she just lifts it up and then just really slowly, gently plops it down again, yeah. which I don't think is the way you're supposed to do deadlift PBs. I think you're supposed to drop it and go... Yeah. And then someone's supposed to high-five you. You're not lifting heavy enough if you're gently popping it back down again, And I exactly. think you could get a better PB. But that's, like, I haven't been to the gym in a while, so I can't remember my deadlift PB, but I am weak AF in my upper body. So that's really impressive. I did some pull-ups two days ago, and I can only barely straighten my arms. Oh, God. I need to get back to the gym. That's been part of my 2019, sorry, 2020, oh we're now on, is... Get back to the gym, go twice a week, get really buff, kill someone with one punch. Hashtag building up the weights. <laughs> yeah. But that is my gym tip there is uh, if you, instead of 90 kilos, if you, you can look up like animals by weight mm-hmm. and if you can say the, the equivalent of a, I lifted a mountain goat, I think that's easier to visualize what that is and yeah. how heavy that is. And that'll impress people more. If you say I went to the gym and lifted two chimps, people are going to be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Harry B at underscore not Mr. Brown underscore just got totally fucking lost on what was supposed to be a shortish run. Oh, Harry. <laughs> I know <laughs> oh, this Don't get well. started. <laughs> Ended up 14 kilometres, a lot through ankle deep mud on shitty horse tracks. And that was in his road shoes as well. Also had to break out of a farm. 
all in the fucking dark. <laughs> Running is BS, very much so. Oh, Harry. Yep. I think we've all had at least one run like that where you get very lost and you think you're kind of going in what you think is the right direction. So you end up going a bit in a straight line because you think I can't deviate from this path. So you end up wading through all sorts of crap, climbing over things because you think the minute I deviate from this course, then I'm going to get even more lost. And yeah, it just ends up a total fucking mess. I know the feeling. Yeah. And when you're doing those kind of paths out in the country and it goes through a farm and it just feels very wrong. Because yeah. you're like, I'm just, I'm walking, this is like someone's house and I'm just walking yeah. between that house and their barn and it doesn't feel like I should be here. Yeah, I, I did that in um, another run I did when I was in Snowdonia was there was a foot, public footpath, but then somebody had put a piece of string, like a rope, not string, like rope across it and a horse was in on the footpath and I thought... It is a public footpath, but I feel like this rope and this horse means I'm not supposed to go through here, so I'm just going to go another direction. <laughs> yeah, and we've also had lots of people recommending us on Twitter too, which is lovely. Lots of people uh, listening to podcasts for the new year and asking for recommendations, so thank you very much to all the people that have done that. My favourite of the week was a Fiona Warland at Fifi Fong, who said, for a running-related podcast, go for Running is BS. For something more inspirational... Go for D-Class podcast. I was So I replied, oh, we are not inspirational, are we? What are you trying to say, Fiona? What are you trying to say? <laughs> Just because we literally say we're not inspirational and no one should listen to us and they shouldn't listen to our advice and you shouldn't listen to this too much and we hate running inspiration. Are you saying we're not inspirational? That is appalling. And finally, thanks to Alec Lodge for sending us two unsurprisingly contradictory posts from Runner's World. So before Christmas, they posted an interview with a sport and eating disorder dietitian, and the headline was why you shouldn't be running off calories. Fantastic. Yeah, I agree. Don't obsess about running off calories, which is something we've discussed quite a few times on this podcast. Like, don't worry about it. Uh, Then a few days after Christmas, they post the average runner could fuel 13 marathons on this snack alone. Um, (sighs) Right. Okay. (laughs) So, but I mean, it's nice because the dietitian post got 37 shares while the second one only got four. So hopefully the message is getting through and people are more open to hearing things about not running off calories rather than obsessing over eating things and how many calories they are. I did enjoy on that second one. One of the, there was only a couple of comments on there. One of them was just saying, okay, I'm really sick of this kind of bullshit now. Unsubscribing. Mm. I'm like, yes, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only way in which i can see the relevance of calories in running is if you're doing like marathons and ultra marathons and it's about getting as many calories as you can that's what it should be about it should be about yeah. eat this stuff because it's really high calories and you'll be able to run yeah. forever on them like that's the only thing i want to hear about calories yeah and that could run 13 marathons on this snack alone no no you can't no. that's not a thing no, no, no. unless that snack is a complete meal replacement drink which look a bit gross and you drink those all day every day well i mean that doesn't make it a snack then no. and you no, oh, no, just no. you just fucking can't stop it run as well stop it yeah. okay can i give a bit of a teaser for um for future episodes so we did say on the last um podcast that if somebody donates or a few people donate was it 30 dollars? was that the benchmark it was, yeah. that will buy 10 minutes of my time prepping everyone knows that the theme tune is the bit i don't normally prep for now, spoiler alert, somebody has pledged $30 this week. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't use this time for the theme tune because I had to use it for something else. And I've only got 10 minutes and I, I had to do it, use it for something else. But 
I do have a theme tune in the making, something quite special. I, I used like two minutes of the 10 minutes and I used eight minutes for this yeah. podcast. So I've, I've got cool. two minutes towards it and I'm working on something very special. So if that doesn't persuade you to donate $30, then I don't know what will. There will be a very special running is bullshit, bullshit running news jingle. And you've committed Just, to that now as well. I've committed it. There's some notes on my iPhone, you know, in the well, notes um, app where I've already made a start. But I, I don't work for free. So you need to... You need to donate if you want to see, you need to become a patron if you want to see, uh, or you want to hear rather, this masterwork that I'm, um, I'm currently working on. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the $30 option does come with the, the minor benefit of 30 seconds of advertising on two episodes as well. But then, yeah, that, that's very minor. If you, but you could say, right, I want a 30 second long song, bullshit song. You can, you can donate it that way if you want. Yeah. And you I'll work do that. even absolutely. harder. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But this week. Give us your unprepared work. You're getting very contemporary. And that's the feel I was going for. I was going for a bit of like Bjork, a bit a bit unusual, a bit yeah, I don't yeah. know. Uh yeah, it was a bit experimental, but let me know what you guys think about that. It's a working process. <laughs> Changing up my sound. <laughs> So there was a fantastic article on The Guardian this week that we shared on our socials and we're going to kind of go into a bit here. Um, it was by Kate Carter and she said, there's an interesting phenomenon in ultra running where we start getting above 50 miles and especially into the silly multi-day events, women start outperforming men. So this article, it's a fairly long read, but we'll go through some of the main points. Uh, it starts off by interviewing and mentioning Jasmine Paris, who recently won a 268-mile race along the Pennine Way, and Sarah Thomas, who swam the channel four times in a row, the only person to ever do it. And instead of swimming about 80 miles, which is what four times across the channel is, she swam 130 because of the tides and getting lost. It's mental. Uh, there's also been other women winning kind of absurd races and setting records around the world. So there's a growing school of thought that says the gender differences may be more in the head than the body. And as the women at this level are relatively rare, not only are they self-selecting as the best of the best of their gender, but their amateur status means they are doing it out of passion and not for ego, prize money or attention. And this was a really, really good article. It kind of went into lots of different areas, said a little bit about the physical differences that people attribute it to. And also just this weird thing of once you get above about 50 miles, women start doing better. And what are the reasons for that? And I thought one of the bit that I kind of picked out that I found interesting was um, it says, again, these are all generalizations, but men focus on pain and enduring it. So there's lots of races um, that will be marketed as tough this and warrior and ultimate. And like you have to, you know, the, the old classic, no pain, no gain. You have to go through the pain. You have to take as much of it as you can. You have to work through it, which is kind of a lot of ego there as well. Because like, yeah, I can take that much pain. But there's something in ultra running. Apparently, if you're a man, you have a 50% chance of finishing the race. Women have a 90% chance of win- uh, finishing the race, which is... Again, it's this thing of because there are less women there, it's thought they are potentially um, there's less ego, which means they've prepared better. They've trained better. And there's a lot of men who turn up and think, yeah, how hard can it be? I've done a bit of this. And they just kind of go for it. And they might have run 100 miles and then they go for a 200 mile multi-day race, which they're not properly prepared for. 
Uh, I'm currently reading a book actually called Endure, Mind, Body and the Curiously Elastic Limits of Human Performance, which is a catchy title, by Alex Hutchinson. I do really, really recommend that for people that want to know about the brain's role in making you run more and harder and better rather than the body. It's really, really good. Yeah, I found this article really fascinating. I'm always interested in this stuff around um, women in ultra running because it is, Mm. which part of the argument and with the swimming as well, it's these sort of endurance events are the only events where women seem to outperform men um, because there was some stuff in there about, uh, you know, um, young athletes up to the age of 14 tend to perform the same. And then after the age of 14, you know, when boys go through have uh, all gone through puberty and have more testosterone mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing then boys start outperforming the girls so it's often taken for granted that men will outperform women in any sort of physical um pursuit and have more strength and all those sort of things which is true mm-hmm. um in terms of the strength and things like that i think that's only focusing on one aspect of sport which is the strength side of things when it comes mm-hmm. to things like ultra running some of it is very much mental. It's not all just about how far can your legs take you. You know, it's a, a very much a mental game as well, which I think comes to the foreground more in ultra running than it might do in other sports that are, are mm-hmm. more based on like how fast can you run, um, how much weight can you lift and so on. And I just find it really fascinating. And it is hard to sort of understand for research, I suppose, looking at this area, because it is a really limited data set in terms of how many women are are entering these events and then it's it's that self-selecting thing where the women who enter it are probably going to enter because they've trained very very hard and I suppose those women that may have had doubts wouldn't enter whereas the men that have doubts tend to you know be more willing to just yeah, go, go for, for it, it anyway. and just wing it um because that's what the article was talking about men are more likely to just wing something whereas women are more likely to make sure they've trained properly before going into an event and if they haven't they don't unless you're me <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> and just just wing it anyway which is why I didn't perform very well so yeah I think that whole thing about whether it's a mental or physical thing is really really interesting because there are the physical aspects as well such as which we've discussed in this podcast before like women having more body fat there's the idea and I'm not sure whether there's any scientific evidence to back this up as a physical thing or whether it's just a mental thing that women can endure more pain um Mm. just because you know women are geared up to give birth to kids and to um, yeah and there was, it mentioned periods in there as yeah, well which means yeah, yeah. potentially for a lot of women going through quite a lot of pain every single month yeah. kind of raises their threshold and the other bit i really liked as well was um it's thought that women take care of themselves better especially on multi-day events so if say for example someone gets a massive blister on their toe uh, a man might kind of just run through it and think right i've got to take it i've got to take it there's loads of blood it's fine just keep running and eventually they'll drop out because they get an infection but a woman will stop patch it up and take care of themselves and perhaps back off Mm. and actually take care of themselves better over a stupidly long race rather than putting up with it they'll slow themselves down take care of themselves and finish the race stronger yeah because like that article said so much so many sporting events not just running as well are obsessed with this idea of pain and suffering and of being really strong like but physically strong you know and i think the psychological side of that sort of takes a back seat you know it's obsessed with people's Mm. bodies and and muscle and and being physically strong and while that might be really important in a lot of sports actually in running even shorter distances the mental side of things is so important it's like when you take runners out to do a couch to 5k the reason why couch to 5k is so good not just because it's the interval aspect but most runners don't think they can run say a minute or can run five minutes and if they just run that on their own without the you know 
the timer saying they've finished at, at one minute, they probably stop before then because it's mm. so much mental. If they know, oh, I've just got to run another 10 seconds, they can do it. So I think what, needs, what this shows is that there needs to be more attention to the mental side of things and to not just mm-hmm. say, oh, that doesn't really matter. It's all about the physical side of things. Of course, if you measure things in a, from a physical perspective, men are going to seem stronger. You know, even when they're talking yeah. about women and body fat and all that, it, at the end of the day, it's going to look like men can sort of carry themselves further for longer and, and faster. Whereas actually, I think this shows that the mental side of things is really, really important and worth considering as well when we consider who is going to win a race and who's stronger, uh, men or women. Mm. Yeah, they, it kind of leads on to a good quote that you pulled out here because mm. um, there's another speculation in that says men potentially do these kind of things for for the pain and for the mm. challenge they don't get in their everyday lives. But a lot of women do it for the freedom they don't have mm. in their everyday lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I thought, so it gives the quote there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It says, if you buy into this narrative that you are only here to suffer and endure rather than have fun, then maybe those who start relaxed, looking forward to the journey might have a head start, which... Oh, I like that. Exactly. I mean, that's good for everyone to think about. It's about being in the moment, all this mindfulness stuff. But, you know, when, when you're running an mm. ultra or a longer race or even like a 10K or a 5K, to just try and be in the mile that you're in, in the moment that you're in, can really really help you dropping out from something i think in an ultra marathon you have to do that you can't be thinking in your head right i've got another 99 miles to run after the first mile of a 100 miler that's just not gonna help things is it that's gonna really psych you out so that ability to, to sort of just think right i'm out here to have fun to relax to enjoy my surroundings rather than thinking right i need to get to the end in this time and obsessing about that that's gotta help yeah so we'll post that in the show notes of this episode if you haven't read it yet please do it's quite a long one i said about three thousand words or so mm-hmm. but uh, i think it's really really worth reading it's a really interesting article we could probably go on about it for ages yeah and there's a, only one more thing because it's january there's really not much running news around there's not much running happening um, But i spotted this tweet this morning from taz aka this hijabi runs and it was a photo this is a real gcse question see if you can answer this amy it says <laughs> Ali ran in four marathons. She completed distances of 8.2 miles, 10.4 miles, 6.4 miles, and 12.6 miles. What is the average distance she ran for all four marathons? The thing is, you could try and be cheeky about this and answer it for, like, actual marathon distance, but I couldn't do either because I'm absolutely terrible at maths. (laughs) Either the person who wrote this question thinks marathon is just another word for race, in which case they can piss off. Or Ali is not, she's entered four marathons and hasn't finished any of them and probably needs to think about doing a half at some point instead. Yeah, that's what I would, actually the wording of this, I'm I'm sure the person who wrote this thought marathons meant a race, but yes. I'm going to interpret this because the wording of this does make it sound like that. So she, she ran in four marathons, but she only completed distances of 8.2 yeah. miles, 10.4. And so she's doing really badly, isn't she? I mean, she needs to look at her training. And, uh, there's something going wrong there she needs to work up to the distance maybe do a, a couple of 10ks for confidence maybe a half and work her way up to it i mean what kind of mileage is she doing is she only did like if she can only get up to 12 miles for a marathon she really I mean, it's poor to, isn't it she needs to dial it back she's probably you know i think her training plan might look a bit worse than mine <laughs> yeah um this is why we can't trust non-runners with things they're just not responsible no exactly a gcse level as well i mean come on sort it out 
These, this is our future right here. What chance do the children have? I know, I know. Let's just get rid of them and have puppies instead. So before we go to the next section, we'd like to say a huge thank you, the biggest thank you we can, to Matt Garner, a.k.a. the Master of Destruction, Max Carnage. He bought advertising on this podcast and used it to ask us to say nice thing about his friends because friends aren't bullshit. Aw, isn't that nice? Friends, nice. (laughs) What a nice boy. So a shout out to Kat, his original Parkrun buddy and Lun Dunn partner in crime, as well as Kitty Brown and Sherry Budding. Fleeing zombies brought them together originally, but Parkrun was a longer term commitment. And he also gives a shout to Damien and Ashley Thorpe, Philip Nikolovitz, Philip Nightingale, Jay, Ali Atkinson, Susie Williamson, Jessica Cuniff, Matthew Hall, Jonathan Wilson and Paolo Marchi. Thank you very much, uh, Matt Garner, for giving us that and using that time to talk about your friends. He's got a lot of friends. I don't think I've got that many friends. <laughs> you certainly haven't, no. No, I, yeah, you're my only friend and you're not even that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> of course, it's January. It is. It is January. What else could we do for the podcast in January other than new runner advice? It'd be silly to do anything else. I mean, we couldn't think of anything else, mainly. But. No, and it's, it's a bit contradictory, I suppose, though, because if you're not a runner yet, or you're a new runner, you're probably not listening to a running podcast. Anyway. <laughs> you can tell your new running friends. You yes. can give them some of this advice. Pass on this message, word for yes. word. We asked on Facebook for advice for new runners, bullshit style, of course, although we did get some genuine advice, which is not what we asked for, really. It's not what we expect. We're disappointed. <laughs> I thought there'd be some, but I was surprised by the amount. Yeah, yeah, you're just very helpful people, I guess. Um, Yeah, weird. Let's get that out of the way first. Yeah. So the first piece of advice is if you are a complete beginner, join a Couch 5K group to work through the program with. This is fairly good advice. I suppose it depends. I mean, you literally said it yourself five minutes ago, so it's pretty good advice. Well, well, I did say it, but... I would argue that you don't have to join a group. Lots of people do Couch to 5K on their own. Yeah, that's true. Um, it depends on what sort of person you are. Some people have to join a group to be motivated and because they, they want the social aspect. Other people, if you're like me and a bit of a, um, a loner, lazy twat. hermit, a lazy twat, prefer to do it on their own in their own headspace. A lonely goat. Yeah, lonely goat. Hashtag lonely goat runner. Um, so whatever way you do it, Couch to 5K itself is definitely worth doing. I really recommend that rather than just going out and just trying to run. Definitely. And once you've done Couch to 5K, they do things like bridge to 10K. But I find once you do Couch to 5K, you can just build up the mileage yourself then. It's getting over that initial 5K um, hurdle, which is the most difficult, I think. Yeah, it leads into the next one. Join a friendly running club. Running and meeting new friends is amazing. And find one that will at least offer a free period of time. So that kind of goes on to that one. As you said, yeah, okay, you don't have to join a running group. But I think people should at least give it a go. I think a lot of people are very scared of it. Um, I answer emails for my club and I get so many people they're kind of kind of almost like doing a little application i've done a half marathon i think i'm I'm not very fast and like it's fine it's absolutely fine people don't judge you if they do judge you don't joke don't go yeah. back with them i was going to say and, that there's lots of different types of running clubs so you may go to one and it's like really competitive and that's not what you're looking for it may be like a proper yeah. serious club and competitive if you don't want that sort of vibe or don't like the vibe of it try a different one usually most cities have quite a few you know, if you're, yeah. if you're lucky enough to live somewhere with quite a few running clubs, try different ones, see which one you fit into best. 
Yeah, I think everyone that goes to a run club for the first time is nervous. But, yeah, you know, course. if you look at all those people that have been there five or six years or like 20, 30 years, they were nervous when they first joined and now it's their whole life. So yeah. it can't be that bad. Exactly. Keep your running clothes in your car if you plan to run after work. If you go home to change, you'll end up getting distracted and missing your run. Oh, and go to park run, even if you start by walking nearly all of it. Uh, the keeping your running clothes in your car is really good advice. I find as well, if you're running in the morning, first thing in the morning, have your running clothes like set out, ready. Just have them yeah, get it all ready. ready to go. You don't want to be rummaging through um, drawers and stuff. Anything that's an extra step is another moment where your yeah. brain can go, I don't want to go out. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely. And um, park run, yeah, I guess so, if that's your thing. Yeah. yeah, I think get home from work, get your kit straight on, do not sit yeah. on that sofa, no. get out the door. Once you sit down, it's over. Everyone's lapping That's you. It. You're on the sofa, they're lapping you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. You know, why are these people in my house? Why are they running around? God. Running around. That's what I always imagine when I see that quote. It's people running round and round the sofa. Really smugly. I'm yeah. lapping you. <laughs> <laughs> You can also sign up to an event at your target distance a fair way into the year. It gives you something to aim for and the support and cheering at the event will get you around. Yeah, it's a good one about setting aims. It's quite a tricky one because I usually kind of try and advise people to try and be ambitious with their targets, but not too ambitious. It can be a bit tricky sometimes to find that balance because a lot of people then sometimes really underestimate themselves, but then sometimes people put in something that's kind of almost impossible. So you do need to think about it. Again, it's where running club is useful because they will help you set those kind of uh, targets as well. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on the time you've got to give to running because if you're in good health, Mm. you know, anyone can train for a half marathon if you're in good health, but you do need the time to do that. Um, so like between a 10k and a half marathon is usually good because when you get up to marathon distances that's when you're starting to like wreck your body a bit and it's a lot harder but I think 10ks and half marathons can be a good challenge um, you know but it all depends on the time you've got as well to do the training I think Chris Kennedy said when they started they ran everything at race pace chill out enjoy the slow runs and kick it up on race day yeah Chris Uh, I I did this as well for a little while on my long run. So when you first start running, I think the hardest thing is slowing down because Hmm. especially if you haven't really run before, if you know what I mean, like your last memory of running was in school or something because when you run at school, like if you're doing it, not as like a proper competitive thing or when you were a kid and you people run everywhere, you know, you run everything as fast as you can, don't you? That's, you know, you don't really think about it. You just run everything as fast as you can. You tend to stay in that mentality so just trying to slow down can be really difficult because it will feel weird. I, I always read the advice. I'm getting that, worse because I'm slowing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you should, it just feels unnatural to be running at that pace because we can all naturally run. But if we were to run away from something that was chasing us, we would run as fast as we can. So I think mm. it's getting into that habit of just running slower than you think you should. And it may feel a bit weird, um, but you'll find it so much easier. And I did do this thing even after a few years after running where I ran out all my... Um, Long runs really fast, and I hated it. I I was running mm. them way too fast, and I get to the end of my long run and think I am dreading doing that again next week because it was awful. And once I slowed it down, I was like, this is so much easier. I can chill out, I can listen to an audio book, and don't feel like I'm going to die. So yeah, it and it doesn't help if you've got that shitty Garmin app that tells you, oh, this run was slower than last time. That's why it's awful. Fuck and off, there, Garmin. There's a there's a school of thought out there as well that says do all like do pretty much most of your runs fairly slow. Like maybe have a speed workout once a week, but it's really, especially during your first year or so of running, it's about getting the mileage in your legs and getting you acclimatized running. Don't worry about speed yet. Just focus on 
getting your mileage up. Really, mileage comes first, then speed later. Yeah. Uh, the next one is don't spend the winter thinking I'll run more in summer when the weather's nicer because then it'll be too hot and you'll be too sweaty and uh, you'll still make excuses for it. Just fucking go. Just go. Yeah. That's what I said. Like, you know, don't run in the winter. Like, But it is, I think, the hardest part about running in the winter is the dark mornings. So it's really mm. hard to start in the winter. And I totally get that. When you get up in the morning, if you're running in the mornings or when you get back from work and it's dark and it's rainy, it's windy. You know, if that's not your bag, spring is probably a good time to start. It's life in the mornings. It's a bit cooler, but it's not ridiculous. So if you're struggling in the winter, don't like sack it off completely. Because that's the other thing. When you first start running, you're ending up having to take lots of walking breaks, which is pretty miserable when it's miserable yeah. outside. So wait till spring. Wait till those lighter mornings, a bit better weather, and then do it. Also, walking breaks are fine. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about walking breaks. Yeah, I know it can just be a bit... Yeah, don't think you've failed. You need to have walking breaks if you've just started or else you're going to be knackered. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. And Liz Ayres finishes with, you're not shit. You're just new to running, so stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good attitude anyway. And also, you might be shit and that's fine. It's fine to be shit. I'm shit. I don't care. Just you do it. It's all, it's all relative anyway. I, you're doing oh, it unless, unless you're going in and you want to actually be competing which is fair enough <clears throat> some people want to be competing they want to be going in and re- winning cross country or whatever then yeah you're going to be comparing yourself to other people but if you're not that sort of person don't worry about it just chill out just do what goals you have you may not even have time goals for yourself you may have distance goals you may just want to run in lots of nice places you may just want to do it for fitness don't worry about it yeah uh, so now we get onto the real advice that you will not get in runner's world and these are a lot shorter and a lot more straight to the point mm-hmm. as i would expect of our listeners <laughs> so first of all suzanne harvey says befriend your bowels simple but strange you know what is my top <laughs> tip for running befriend your bowels always poo before you run Yes, yeah, that is one. There, I mean, there is a little bit of a poo theme in these, unsurprisingly. Yeah, but yeah don't... always poo before you run. I remember my first Cardiff half, though. My friend texted me the first thing in the morning and said, have you pooed? And I hadn't. I was constipated the morning of my first Cardiff half. Ooh, Still did tough. it, and it was fine. Nothing happened. Luckily, I was I was one of the lucky ones. Uh, but she texted me straight afterwards and said, well done for not shooting yourself. So... <laughs> Try and do a poo well done. before you run. Don't trust a fart after the first. Well, if you're a new runner, don't trust a fart at all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Until you know. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Headley says, if you think it's a cheap sport, you're wrong. Too true. Absolutely. There's always more stuff to buy. Yeah, and, and running shoes are expensive. Like, don't... Hell, yeah. You do need running shoes. It's Very few people can just run in, like, regular shoes and not you know have issues so you do need running shoes and they're often quite expensive (laughs) yeah oh no i've just realized i've got emma mccray again i have to do the accent she says don't get too attached to your toenails you're an alligator might bite them off (laughs) alligators in new zealand well they might be on holiday you don't know okay that's true sorry yeah could be taking a year out Yeah. yeah absolutely toenails or running you can only have one i have never lost a toenail to running it's <gasps> because you're not a, you don't do long runs that's why even when i did my ultra my toenails have always been intact and you know why i think that is is because i always have um running shoes with like a really big toe box so i think the toenail thing is from like something to i'm do sorry with- i always laugh at toe box and i have no idea why <laughs> but i think it's through the toe box and you know what i don't get i don't get blisters either i think but Ooh. i have like weird feet where if i buy my size 
most shoes fit me perfect. So I've never had blisters. I've never had issues with my toenails. No black toenails? No, no. No blisters. Oh, you're no missing out. I know. And, and people go on and on about blisters and stuff. And I thought, oh, maybe it's because I don't do distances. But I, you know, I used to do like 10 to 13 mile runs every weekend. And I, I did an ultra marathon. No blisters. Nothing. You have to have the pain, Amy. It's all about the pain. Oh, God, I should be having. I should get some shoes that don't fit me properly. And, it's because yeah. you're taking care of yourself properly. Exactly. Oh. oh, the other advice is usually you need to go half a size up in your running shoes because your feet tend to expand or something like that. It's always worked for me, so that can help yeah. in terms. Ask of someone who knows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hugh Phillips says, "Run away, run away before you get addicted." But do catch five k first. That will help you running away. <laughs> Solid advice. Amy Claire Oliphant, hope that's her real name, says, make friends with a physio. I did. Save me a fortune. That is a very good idea. My friend used to have a physio as a uh, roommate. And I thought, yeah, and I said, because he used to like, um, just look at her shoulder or whatever. She was having shoulder issues. Um, And when I was having issues with my knee, I said to my friend, I said, oh, can you just uh, bring it up with him to say what he thinks he might be? And what I was trying to get is a free physio session so i was gently hinting that i wanted him to just look at my knee and do his little movement things and tell me what was wrong with it and she came back and said yeah you can look at your knee for 40 quid like no 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 No, never mind i'll just run on it it'll be fine i think a friend with a physio as a roommate isn't close enough you need to be actual friends with a physio yeah 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 Matt Barton says, if you can, try to run with a reasonably recently voided bowel. Yeah. I mean, that's a more complicated way of saying poo first. Poo first. Poo first before you run. Always poo before you run. Recently, or, you know, if you're Matt, reasonably recently voided bowel. Yeah. Uh, Rage K says, Imodium Instance are your friends. Again, <sighs> lots of poo. Yeah, I've never, I've never sunk to that level of an Imodium Instance. I don't dare. No, I feel like putting something like that in your body is going to fuck shit up, especially if you're running an ultra and you're popping emodiums. I feel like that's a recipe Ooh. disaster. Yeah, that is, but a great story. Yes. <laughs> as soon as those emodiums, I had food poisoning. As soon as those emodiums wear off, you're in for you're in for some trouble. <laughs> the Earl of Tewkesbury. We do know this is a real title now. The Earl of Tewkesbury says, Absolutely. "There's no such thing as too much lube." What was the question again? <laughs> Absolutely. In any situation. Yep. Always have a bit just of that on you. Yep. <laughs> just lube yourself up. Uh, Mark Atkinson says, try not to shart. Never trust a fart. Try not to shart. That's a very general piece of advice as well. Yeah. 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 In life, try not to shart. Job interview, try not to shart. In line at the co-op, try not to shart. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're in some kind of sharting trial um, experiment, then you yeah. do need to. I, I can't think of another case when that would be a good idea. And you probably won't be able to because it's, you know. The pressure's on. Yeah, the pressure's on. Uh, Liz Reese says, only buy leggings with G-strings. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a this is a reference back to um, a, a previous episode. So old old school bullshitters will maybe get that reference. Yeah, okay, I, I can't remember that one. Okay. Uh, Rich Skirm says, make sure your post-run shower gel is something like soothing chamomile and not zingy mint. Oh, yes. We all know that certain brand that does a certain shower gel. <laughs> I've had some lemony and some minty shower gels in the past and they were very much mistakes. Uh, I mean, yeah, 
especially if you've been running in the rain or a very sweaty run and you've chafed all yeah, over. The blisters, you got the chafed. I did my nipples again the other, other week because oh. I'm still a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's bad. So yeah, uh, sensible shower gel choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another thing about chafing. So not many people are mentioning chafing mm-hmm. as such. I find as a woman, you can chafe around your sports bra. I've got like permanent scars that there now. And also I chafe at like the top of where my shorts band is, tends to mm-hmm. rub. Um, but that only really happens when I'm like sweaty or uh, rain. So just pop a bit of Vaseline on those areas. Jobs are good. Just just lube yourself up. Lube up all over. Just strip naked, lube yourself up everywhere. You'll slip straight down the road. And then go for a run. Yeah, perfect. Because they won't be able to catch you either. All those murderers that are waiting for women behind bushes to come out and and murder They'll leap out, grab your arms, and we're oh no. Actually, you know what? We haven't offered offered any safety advice for new women runners. So I think that's that's Uh, not very... You know, that's not very Yeah, you want to be carrying at least a handgun, yeah. maybe a couple of throwing stars. That might be a good one to do it yeah. from a distance as well. That would be uh, handy. Yeah. And a, a sword, probably. And two years worth of uh, self defense lessons. Yeah. Um, make sure you have a, a man with you. Well, of course. Well, if you're Your going chaperone. for a run, of course you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And only run in, in very brightly lit areas. Uh, on very safe streets just up and down the street basically just do that yeah. over and over again you'll be fine absolutely fine so there we go that is the running is bullshit advice for new runners which none of our listeners are but still uh it, it's fine it's fine it filled <laughs> some time and uh, you know we talked about some things there we go <laughs> so Stuart, what have you got coming up next Oh, I get to do a fell race and it's a fairly short one and it's a bit more of an accessible one. It's not a mental one like I've done before. It's a nice one. It's nice and close to home and it's only four miles. And it's a race where you actually get to feel like you're running a little bit. So that's nice for a fell race. Nice. Peace, peace. Also, because we're super, super cool, uh, just before the next episode records, we're going to go to a podcast conference, aren't we? Yeah, although we weren't invited as guests. I'm not sure why. Not specifically, no, not speakers, which is curious. We could just go up and speak, couldn't we? I think so, During yes. a break or something, we could just go up and start chatting about it. Yeah, it should be interesting. Well, we can report back if we learn anything that we're doing really wrong. Are we going to wear matching t-shirts and buffs? I think we should, yes, in running okay. gear, yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. That's just so I know, you know, what we're wearing. We can coordinate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll meet there. Uh, and also, a little tease, possibly... There might be some merch soon. And by merch, I mean potentially T-shirts, hoodies, hats, mm-hmm. mugs, maybe even a dog bandana. I'll say no more for now. No more? Just no. say no more. What sort of merch would people fancy? Do, do those merch websites, because I know some, like the old like Redbubble and stuff like that used to offer like thongs and things that you could have made. Um, I did look. Option? There were boxes, but they were only in white. And that doesn't oh, go with our branding. No, no. That would be so good. Oh, I'd yeah, love that. No. Go get a G-string for uh, this is running lacking stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, if anyone wants any particular merch, just let us know. Drop us a line. Amy, are you actually going to run? <laughs> I mean, this is pointless asking now because you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to try and then you won't. I'm not going to say should anything. I just, should I just dig out the last one and just put it in? Yeah. I'll just not... cut it out of the last episode and paste it into <laughs> this one. I'm not going to say anything. The thing is, I shouldn't have any excuses now. I'm just waiting for what's going to happen next to stop me running. It's like a, my life is a series of unfortunate events um, which stop me from running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Tune in next time to find out. Oh, what a tease. <laughs> I know. Ooh, it will soon be Amy's live podcast. 
has one of the hosts of a running podcast gone for a run in the last two weeks? I don't know. It's intriguing. Running is bullshit. If you want to get in touch and you want to find out, and if you want to abuse Amy or me for being a dick to Amy, uh, you can tweet us at runningisbs. You can search for us on Facebook, Running Is Bullshit, and you can email runningisbull at gmail.com, or of course, you can go to patreon.com forward slash runningisbullshit. See you out there, guys. Catch you on the trails. <laughs> cool, thanks. Bye. Bye. That's my life now, rummaging through dog shit.